What's up, everybody? Give me a second. Get my stuff, my situation sorted out here. morning folks today is monday october 17th welcome to episode number 220 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing i'm your host dr gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes i'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day to you providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner so what can we do to operationalize this today or if you're looking to break in the industry we got you covered because it's definitely going to come up in an interview when they say how do you stay current you'll be like oh simply cyrus daily cyber set briefing you know you're there too shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors my man eric taylor and the barricade cyber solutions crew over there barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Link in the description below. Also want to say shout out and love to Recon InfoSec. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged SecOps capability from the ground up, check out the Managed Detection and Response MDR offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, the process, the technology needed to deliver full-spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. Links in the description below for Recon InfoSec, MDR, Barricade Cyber Solutions for Incident Response, Ransomware Recovery, all that type of stuff. What's up, guys? Brian White, I see you in here. Jacob Rybar, I see you. Let me just finish this intro, and I'll say proper hi to everybody. Listen, I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications like CISP, CISA, CISM, that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. Doesn't seem like a lot. You're like, what am I going to do with half a CPE? Well, check it out. They stack two and a half a week, 10 a month, 30 a quarter. Be sure to say what's up in chat to basically do roll call and have forensically sound evidence that you were here in attendance getting credit. I'd also recommend that you do it kind of quarterly. You log into your management portal. You put in Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, 30 CPEs, you know, whatever, June 1st through September 30th. <laughs> it's definitely the best way to do it. If you're live, love it. I see 75 of us in here right now. The number's creeping up. 78. All right, you guys stack in here. Everybody in the back, move forward. Love it. Hashtag Team Live. Thank you so much. Special shout out and much love to Eric Taylor for hosting and uh, manning the fort here for the last uh, Wednesday through Friday. Definitely appreciate it. I did catch some of it. I did catch some of it and I was super pumped uh, with, you know, just the, the, uh, the delivery, the ability, the execution, the chat, everybody 
great job. I'm, I'm so happy that even uh, in my absence that the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing persists and delivers value. If you are watching on replay for whatever reason, don't forget to comment. Hashtag Team Replay. Definitely appreciate you catching the stream. Now, if you are on replay, you get the benefit of time travel. So if you don't want to listen to this uh, witty banter before we get into the news, or if you're listening on your audio podcast app of choice, feel free to just jump ahead because for about the next two and a half, three minutes, I'm going to be welcoming people in chat, saying good morning, saying hello. I missed all of you. Remember, hey, what's up, Matt Mears? Good to see you, my friend. Guys, remember, it is Monday, which is Callan's Art of the Week Day. So I've got some special Wild West Hacking Fest themes for everybody. Hopefully you got your cybersecurity Crush It Like a Pro newsletter this morning. I know I received mine at 6 a.m. Delivering hot takes and hot value for you guys to crush it right away. Uh, definitely appreciate that. What's up, Will Reed? Justin Loken in the house. Rob Dalton, saw you, my man, out at Wild West Hacking Fest. Great to have met you. Hey, internal stranger. Hope everything's well down in Australia. Will Reed's right. Smash that like button. Hey, Miss Julian. Gotta love Basket Case. That's right. Gotta get the energy pumping. Mad respect on the music taste. Thanks, Justin. I definitely appreciate it. Got some uh, Black Star in the uh, queue, some Sublime, and uh, Too Short featuring P Funk also for this week. Hey, Navina. Everybody, congratulations, Navina. Busting into the information security industry. Saw that on the socials. Very, very good. Very, very happy for you. Wild West Hacking Fest, I'm wearing the, the conference shirt. Such an amazing conference. If I could only go to one conference for the rest of my life, unequivocally Wild West Hacking Fest in Deadwood. Such a great concert. So, like, you can get anywhere in less than five minutes at that conference. Like, that's a huge difference from from uh, DEF CON. Uh, great community. Like, the, 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 the citizens of Deadwood are very welcoming. It feels very safe there. I mean, not that I feel like, you know, at risk in Vegas, but it's just definitely love it. Definitely love it. Uh, good to see you, Kimberly. I spent a lot of time with Kimberly. Got to meet Kimberly's brother, one of them. Uh, a really great guy. Philip Martin, my man. Greg Wilson, what's up? IT Sorceress, hello. Yeah, definitely add it to the list. From my understanding, they've already announced the uh, dates for next year, and they've already released ticket sales, and if, you, if you're the first 75, then... Um, you get a discount, which is pretty cool. Although I'm sure those are already sold. All right, guys, we'll spend some more time on the back half talking. Um, we've got six minutes in. I want to get to the news. Sit back, relax, and let's do the news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, October 17th, 2022. Microsoft says Ukraine and Poland targeted with novel ransomware attack. A newly discovered hacking group has attacked transportation and logistics companies in Ukraine and Poland with a novel type of ransomware. Microsoft said in a blog post on Friday that the attackers targeted a wide range of systems within an hour on Tuesday, adding that it hadn't been able to link the attacks to any known group yet, but found that the hacks closely mirrored earlier attacks by a Russian government-linked cyber team that had disrupted Ukraine government agencies in the past. The new ransomware, named Prestige, overlaps with those of another data-shredding cyber attack that involved the Foxload or Hermetic Wiper malware. Wi-Fi spy drone. Okay, so check it out. Um, you know, no surprise here. They it's a new. They say novel ransomware. I suspect that means not novel in its approach or technique, but novel in that it hasn't been seen uh, with any level of uh, frequency out in the wild. So novel being new. 
Um, they also mention that it has wiper-like capabilities. As soon as I saw this, guys, just from the headline alone, Ukraine and Poland targeted, like, you know, high, high confidence just from the gut that it's Russian-backed, right? And then the fact, if you saw what Russia did with NotPetya, um, it's not about ransomware. Like, Russia doesn't want to make cash money um, cash, off of Ukraine and Poland businesses. It's about... Uh, causing disruption, causing denial of service, causing a degradation in um, capability, frankly, to handle, uh, you know, either the armed conflict or the supply chain and support of the armed conflict out there in Eastern Europe. So no surprise here. Um, I would imagine that they would be uh, wipers more than anything else. I don't really understand, <clears throat> you know, other professionals in chat, you know, I'll, I'll definitely admit my ignorance here. Like, I don't understand why... Um, they're like threat actors are hiding wipers as ransomware. Just, just why, why just make it a wiper, just wipe. You know what I mean? I, unless, unless the uh, enumeration mechanism to identify all the files and, and run over them is the same as kind of the ransomware mechanisms. And then they just um, use the wiper coming right behind it. Maybe that's the deal. Uh, but you know, th there is a kinetic war going on. Uh, it's not quite, it, well, with cyber capabilities, it's not quite cyber Pearl Harbor like I thought World War III was going to be, but there is cyber capabilities being leveraged for, um, you know, military value, et cetera. Um, so, you know, this this is interesting. I also kind of wonder if these businesses in Ukraine and Poland or these these targets in Ukraine and Poland, uh, Poland are not actually actively involved in the military conflict. You got to be careful with active war people like international norms for the definition of active war is very specific. <clears throat> um, th this, this, this event in Ukraine is definitely escalating up, but it's not full out world war yet, right? There's these certain standards haven't been met. So by not directly attacking Ukraine and po well, Poland in this case, and, and using more of a cyber attack, maybe without attribution, um, you could say it came from Russia, but you can't say 100%, maybe not nation state backed, et cetera. It gives you plausible deniability and um, kind of an out for attribution. So, you know, this is an interesting news story, but in the greater scheme of things, given what's been going on in Ukraine since March, this is just more fuel thrown on the fire. Owns Snoop on financial firm. In a Twitter thread, security researcher Greg Linares said a hacking incident at an unnamed U.S. East Coast private investment firm was discovered when the financial firm spotted unusual activity on its internal Atlassian Confluence page. The company's security team responded and found that the user whose MAC address was used to gain partial access to the company Wi-Fi network was also logged in at home several miles away. On the roof, they found two Phantom drones, one with a modified Wi-Fi pineapple device and the other carrying a case that contained a Raspberry Pi, several batteries, a GPD mini laptop, a 4G modem and another Wi-Fi device. Sophos senior threat researcher Sean Gallagher told the Register that this attack described is something that represents people who have done war walking with Wi-Fi pineapples or the equivalent. Yep. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, like, uh, okay, so I've got gray in my beard. I'm 42. Um, back in like the early 2000s, like war, war walking, um, war driving was a thing because most people's wireless networks weren't secure. Or they were running WEP or WEP, which was 
um, you could use Aircrack or uh, Air Recon or you know one one of the Air NG um, suites of tools and just shred uh, WEP and get and break and just walk into that wireless network. And then that kind of died away with WPA2, WPA, um, better security standards, 802.11N, um, I think it was. So, but now it seems like it's back leveraging drones. Now, I actually saw this a couple days ago and read it because I found it interesting. But if you want, this is the uh, the Twitter thread. You can get to it from the um, the story here. I'll drop the Twitter thread in chat uh, in a second. But basically the TLDR here is that Threat actors, hold on, I want to change the screen here. The TLDR here is that threat actors basically took a drone, right? Drones are everywhere now, right? Everybody's got a drone. And they stuck a Wi-Fi pineapple to it. Okay, so Wi-Fi pineapple for you who don't know, and I'm certainly never used one myself, but I'm aware of it. It's basically like a hacker hardware toolkit for busting through uh, wireless networks and, and setting up as a repeater. Uh, it has a whole... Um, kind of hacking toolkit on it so you can remote into it. And then since it's a node on an, on some internal network, you can use it as kind of a foothold essentially in, into the network. Okay. It's very powerful stuff. Hack5.org. You can get your own. Okay. They're mounting, they're mounting Wi-Fi pineapples to drones and then just flying the drone, which they have full visibility and capability, flying the drone on top of the roof of targets. So they've, you know, bypass think about this for a second it allows you to bypass physical security because you don't need to go through guards guns and gates right you're not taking the foot traffic way you're flying overhead so you completely attack those controls or, or circumvent those controls then you land on top of the roof how many people like let's be real like i look at the locks on the data center the data center walls are glass so you can see if someone sus is walking around there nobody i've never been on the roof of any office building that I can think of for actually doing security stuff. I've been up there screwing around, but like I've never done security stuff. No one's going up there. It is a soft, soft target um, or soft, you know, spot, if you will, to go up there. And if anything, um, a, like an auditor or a security person would probably check that the door locks or that you can only open the door from the inside, right? They're not checking to see if there's drones sitting on top or if there's any type of uh, identify uh, identifying capabilities to know that that's there. The only reason that this attack was discovered, and by the way, there were two drones on the rooftop. One had crashed, so it's unclear if like the first one tried to attack and it, it got, and it got damaged, and then they sent a second one in, or if they were flying together uh, for redundancy. But the only way that they caught is because this was a private financial services firm, right? Big money, guys. Big, big, big money. All right. So they can afford to have an InfoSec team that is literally looking for unregistered wireless devices on the network, okay? So when you get up into the into the real deal of like level five of, um, you know, NIST CSF or high on uh, NIST 853 baselines, like when you get up into those spaces, you, you have way more uh, intense controls, ones that we don't typically see. And they were able to quickly discover um, a, 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 an odd wireless node on the network. And then because, because it's radio frequency, you can track it because the closer you get to it, the stronger the signal. Ergo, you can basically play like the worst game of hide and seek because you can walk right up to it. Uh, and that's how they discovered this. But if you're in financial services, if you're in, you know, I don't think healthcare, but 
really financial services or you're dealing with any real sensitive information like IP or something like that, you should include drones into your threat model. And oh, by the way, you're probably going to get laughed at for like suggesting that a drone could come, come in and provide a foothold into your network. But you can use this story and be like, yeah, no, 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 I get it. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. But when our driverless technology gets out uh, because we have a drone on the roof and you're LOLing about my idea, it, it, it's, that'll be hilarious too, right, Kevin? Right? Let me just, let, let's just go up to the roof once a week and, and like do a walkabout, okay? I'm not asking for the world, Kevin. Just asking for some access to the roof. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's keep going. India power generation giant Tata Power hit with cyber attack. In a brief statement released on Friday, the Mumbai-based company said that the attack impacted some of its IT systems. <clears throat> Tata Power did not share any further specifics on the matter. When asked by TechCrunch, a PR representative refused to answer questions related to the nature of the attack or its impact on the organization and declined to say whether any data had been stolen. What? Taiwan. That's like the shortest story ever. Like largest power company in India hit. <laughs> could be ransomware, could be OT attack, data, we don't know. Like, I mean, this is interesting because it's a big provider, but that story was about as thin as, a, um, uh, I don't know what's thin. Um, okay, I don't know. It was not very, it was not very uh, thick or, or strong or whatever. The coffee isn't flowing yet. My ridiculous metaphors aren't, uh, aren't quite there yet. Although I did work sand and shorts into my Wallace Hackenfest talk. Um, okay, guys, basically major power company, uh, suffered a cyber attack. It's unclear what's going on. This, all I would say about this is, um, a couple things. One, to keep an eye on this one, especially if you work in, uh, critical infrastructure or energy, oil and gas. Um, this is a great, unfortunately, this is a great case study. Um, if you're responsible for protecting OT or ICS systems, you know, Justin Gold, water or power, right? For those um, of my Texas friends out there. Thin as Jerry's hair. Come on, bro. I've got lush locks up in here. Listen, this is a good one to see what, what can actually happen when real OT energy gets hit. Um, it doesn't sound like they have rolling blackouts or power outages, certainly no damage. <clears throat> um, also, I want to point out, this could be like, just out of pure curiosity, this could be geopolitically motivated. We're starting to see, I read in the news yesterday, we're starting to see a little bit of alignment uh, with India towards China and Russia as, as kind of like world powers begin slowly taking sides effectively. Um, it talked about um, basically how, this, I think it's Saudi Arabian princes making decisions around uh, oil production for an impending December 5th deadline that the United States or NATO has put to um, Russia for oil production. So we could see, guys, we could see in the United States a pretty significant hike back to like, you know, $5 a gallon gas um, after December 5th. So don't be surprised if you see that happening. Uh, but this could be part of that, okay? And like this, you know, international Game of Thrones situation. So this could be kind of a... Um, um, you know, a, a saber rattling right here. I don't know. I don't know. But long story short, they are a major energy producer. They were suffered. They did suffer a cyber attack. So it will be interesting to see how, what the actual impact is because GRC people, we talk about impact and we, we, we come up with, you know, subjective values for like what the impact would be. But when you actually have case study like this, you're able to enrich your 
your impact model, right? Your threat model uh, and have actual data to back up whatever it is that you're bringing to the board, bringing to the executives as far as what the risk is. Outs $900 million in new business from Silicon Valley meetings. Taiwan's economy minister Wang Meihua met with top executives from NVIDIA, Cisco, Applied Materials and Synopsis, adding that she got great interest from them. The visits are expected to bring back U.S. research and development investment and orders in Taiwan worth more than $900 million, although the island's position as a producer has prompted worries in the United States that it is too reliant on Taiwan, especially as China ramps up military drills to assert its sovereignty claims. Thank you so much for the uh, super chat, Jeremy Williams. Definitely appreciate that. Um, okay, so Taiwan's touting $900 million in new business. Okay, so again, guys, I don't know if I'm like looking for geopolitical connections or if it's just obvious and I'm seeing it, but um, yeah. okay, so the United States just recently said like you can't uh, like ship chips out or buy chips from certain people, basically decoupling the global economy between the United States and China as this conflict, international conflict uh, bubbles up. And again, people are starting to take sides. Now, wait, hey, hey, come on, man. So um, Taiwan, it, like that's an entire thing all to itself. Like Taiwan is its own country, but China doesn't see it as its own country. China has a lot of influence and power in the global landscape. Uh, so they like, like if you, if you say Taiwan or if you refer to Taiwan as a country, China basically flexes on you and makes you bend the knee and, and retract your statement or, or something else. So Taiwan getting this huge, nearly billion dollar deal with Silicon Valley actually is quite interesting because it's like an, it's an interesting way to fund Taiwan um, as, you know, things ramp up geopolitically, right? Um, I'm not saying that the $900 million goes towards Taiwan's military defense capability, but my point is money is flowing into the country in a way that is not associated with military capabilities, but there is money flowing into the country. Also, we need chips, people. We need, you know, silicon and, 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 and um, computer parts and stuff like that. And if Taiwan can produce those and they're friendly with us, uh, then there's no, there's no risk there, right? So... Um, I think that that might be part of what's going on. I'm going to run the mid-roll. We're going to do all the mid-roll stuff, and I'm going to let my dogs out. Thanks to this week's episode's sponsor, SafeBase. Security questionnaires. If those two words sent a shiver down your spine, you need to check out SafeBase. SafeBase's Smart Trust Center is a centralized source of truth for your organization's security and compliance information. After implementing SafeBase, many companies see a 90% reduction in custom questionnaires. Imagine how much time you will save. Visit safebase.com, S-A-F-E-B-A-S-E.com to find out more. All right, it's the mid-roll, so you know what that means. Get your simple minds on, get your 80s on, get your swoosh haircuts on. All right. Guys, I love it. Thank you for being here through the mid-roll. Got a couple things I want to share with you. If you got your email this morning, Crush Your Week Cyber Pro Actionable Intel drafted this email from the airport in Rapid City, South Dakota. Guys, if you don't know about this newsletter, which you can get by going to the yellow URL at the top, simplycyber.io slash newsletter, if you got this email today, you've, you've already read it and you know what's going on. But check it out, guys. 
I write this email. I send it every Monday to people who want it. And there's three takeable, actionable takeaways for your end users, for your peers, typically IT, and for executives, okay? How you can use this. Guys, RSA conference reveals CISO board relationships. Well, Jerry, what the hell, what do I do with that? I'll tell you what you can do with that. Here is literally a cop and copy and paste email. Copy, open Outlook, hit new email, copy this, paste it, add your name to the end, and expect the highest of fives from the CISO as you hooked them up, okay? Just saying, you don't have to sign up for the newsletter. I, you know, it's up to you. But I make this, I make this as actionable and as operational as I possibly can for you. And I think it's a fantastic service. And uh, that's why I talk about it every week. Because I want, I want everybody to take advantage of this. This is the URL, simplycyber.io slash newsletter. You'll get a picture that looks like this. You just drop your e email address in the little thing. And guess what? Next Monday, hot and fresh, 6 a.m. Eastern time, you get served. All right. Now, I do want to say real quick, um, shout out and thanks to Callan, who has uh, appropriation rights to Monday's show for his artwork. Callan, this was a comic book that was given out at um, Wild West Hackenfest at Airpark Con. Callan's artwork today, bear versus bear, red team versus blue team. This is blue bear, this is red bear. It's a whole thing. If you know, you know, and if you don't know, you definitely want to check out um, <laughs> Black Hills Information Security. Also, shout out to Red Siege. This is their sticker. Dress for the job you want. Great advice. Hacker hoodie. All right. So thanks so much to Callan for the artwork of the week. Always appreciate the contributions from our youngest of community members. All right, guys. Thank you to Simple Minds for their wonderful music that continues to persist. All right, let's get back into the news, everybody. Thank you so much. If we have some time on the back end, I'll uh, love chatting with you. Dutch police trick deadbolt ransomware out of decryption keys. The Dutch National Police, in collaboration with cybersecurity firm... Hold on, what? Hold on, did I miss a story? Hold on one second. I think this is the wrong, this is the wrong story. CISO series doesn't make a mistake like this very often, but this is definitely a mistake. They must have meant to run this story about Google passkey passwordless login support. And instead they did a story on Dutch police. So stand by, this is how we operate in real time. Doink, 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 doink. Bonders.nu tricked the Deadbolt ransomware gang into handing over 155 decryption keys by faking ransom payments. This was achieved by making the payments in Bitcoin but cancelling the transactions before they were included in a block. This meant the decryption key was sent immediately without waiting for a blockchain confirmation that the Bitcoin transaction had happened. Responders.nu security expert Ricky Gevers told Bleeping Computer, quote, the attacker found out within several minutes, but we were able to grab 155 keys, end quote. That meant that 90% of the victims who reported the deadbolt attack to the police got the decryption keys for free. Love it. Love Microsoft it, love Office it, love it. Of vulnerability. Pause. Guys, love it. Okay, I don't know if you caught what happened here. 
Uh, they may have written some automation. This is why you got to be careful with automation, y'all. You got you to gotta consider all the fringe cases um, when you're doing software testing. So basically, here's what happened. Deadbolt ransomware a ton of people. They had, I'm assuming, automation set up that when a payment came in, it would automatically send the decryption key out. Why not? Who doesn't want passive income? Who doesn't want hands-off keyboard sipping on a coconut, uh, you know, sipping on a drink held in a coconut on the beach, just counting your money? Well, the problem is the way that blockchain technology works and the way that uh, crypto transactions work. Where's my man, Finfrock? I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. The way it works is you actually need people to validate the transaction on the blockchain before it gets written to the blockchain. So brilliant piece of work here. These dudes made the transaction to the, uh, to the, to the blockchain, got all the decryption keys, and then quickly canceled the transaction. Threat Actor did not get paid. Good guys got most of the decryption keys. Now, I do half wonder if they discovered this by making a transaction and then realizing that they had the like on the first one and realized, holy crap, we have the decryption key and the transaction hasn't, like we still have the money in our wallet. Ooh, what if we did this at scale? So love it, love it, love it. It's about time. I mean, this is not going to be repeatable. This is definitely an easy fix for the Deadbolt ransomware gang to get corrected. But you know, whatever. Let's let's celebrate the um let's celebrate the wins that we do have, right? But I do love it. I do love it that they finally got got a little taste of their own um Toasty. All right. The let's hackers sidestep email encryption. A researcher from cloud and endpoint protection provider with Secure has discovered an unpatchable flaw in Microsoft Office 365 message encryption OME. The flaw enables a hacker to infer the contents of encrypted messages. OME uses the electronic codebook ECB block cipher, which leaks structural information about the message. This means if an attacker obtains many emails, they can infer the contents of the message by analyzing the location and frequency of patterns in the messages and matching these to other emails. Though this requires some sophistication, it suggests that just because emails are encrypted does not mean that they are safe from threat actors. Okay. Okay. So let's put our GRC hats on for a hot minute here, people. Okay. The TLDR here is that the office and office email encryption can be sidestepped. Now it can't be cracked ish. What they're saying is if you have enough emails that are encrypted kind of with the same uh, algorithm, if you will, at least this is how I understood it. You can look for patterns and start doing frequency analysis and begin to uh, make educated guesses like it's Wordle on what actually it, the emails are saying. You do not get a point and click decryption button, okay? This is the same kind of attack that we saw in World War II with intercepted communications from Japan on uh, like, you know, moving, moving uh, logistics and supply chain and stuff like that, where the United States got a whole bunch of them and we're able to say, okay, like we think this is what these things mean. And then the United States actually went so far as to start making very calculated decisions on sending things in cert to certain places like Midway and then looking at the Japanese communication after that decision was made to see if it did in fact match what they thought it was going to say. And in fact it did. And then they kind of cracked um, the Japanese uh, code in that case. But this right here, from a GRC perspective, guys, yes, a threat actor with enough material could infer encrypted communications. Now, here's my thing. 
If you are sending emails that are so secret and so sensitive that you need unbreakable encryption, chances are you're using some other type of encryption and then putting that into the email, or you're putting a link to something encrypted in the email, and then the person has to click on the link and then get through levels of authentication and then decryption. You're likely not using Microsoft Office encryption, if I had to guess, okay? So if you are using Microsoft encryption, but it's not the level, you just do it as a best practice, or it's not the level of sensitive, like you're, you're just sending in like, you know, whatever, like I'm gonna be late to work today or something like that, then are you really a target? From a risk analysis perspective, we're looking at the likelihood variable at this point, right? What is the likelihood that your communications are to be targeted for decryption and the sensitivity of that information? And what is the actual impact, impact variable, of that information being um, compromised, essentially from a confidentiality perspective? I would argue not very high. And if it is high, then this story is for you and you should t totally uh, use a different level of, use a different encryption um, solution and encrypt your messages and send them that way. So to me, this is, I don't want to say novel, but this is interesting, but it, it, this is like in this like, un, you know, uncanny valley. Like if you're not, if it's not so sensitive, then you don't, it's not really important for you to protect it because someone would have to go through a lot of work to get access to this. And if it is wicked sensitive and someone would go through all that work because the payout, the payoff of doing that is definitely worth it, then you probably should just, you're using some other encryption at this point. So novel, interesting, what, you know. It also reminds me of, uh, I'm currently reading Nicole Pellroth's, uh, This Is How They Tell Me The World Ends, the Cyber Arms Race book. And I'm about halfway through and they talk about how all sorts of big tech companies are putting in weak encryption or were putting in weak encryption to allow uh, you know, three-letter agencies to be able to <clears throat> access things. Almost 900 servers hacked using Zimbra zero-day flaw. The critical Zimbra collaboration suite ZCS vulnerability existed as a zero-day without a patch for nearly one and a half months. The vulnerability, tracked as CVE-2022-41352, is a remote code execution flaw that allows attackers to send an email with a malicious archive attachment that plants a web shell in the ZCS server, while at the same time bypassing antivirus checks. According to Kaspersky, various APT groups actively exploited the flaw soon after it was reported on the Zimbra forums. No kidding. Okay, so check it out. I don't know what Zimbra is. Uh, Zimbra, Zimbra... Yeah, I don't, it's a collaboration suite, whatever. Here's the thing. If you're using Zimbra, um, <laughs> if you're using Zimbra at work, the call is coming from inside the house, okay? This thing has a zero day. It's been getting hammered for, um, they said the zero day has been out for a month and a half. Nearly instantly, APTs were exploiting this. Guys, it's remote execution. This, this uh, CVE probably has, here, let's see what the, the CVSS score is on this one. If I had to guess, 9.8 or higher. I'm going to say 9.8. What is it? Survey says. Where's the score here? Yeah, 9.8. Right here. Base score, 9.8. Nailed it! <laughs> okay, so check it out. This is definitely one that you don't want to mess with. Um... It can be remotely executed, 
They just, threat actors just send an email and they have a web shell on the box, right? Which basically means they can, they can, they have persistence. They can execute OS level commands. It's not a good, it's not good. Okay. So if you're running Zimbra, you absolutely should either A, shut it down. B, I don't even know if there's a patch for this. Did they mention a patch? Um, it said without a patch for nearly one and a half months. So I'm assuming that there is a patch available now. If you can't patch, you need to take this offline or at least look for indicators of compromise until you can get this sorted out. Um, it's not good, guys. It bypasses AV checks. All you have to do is send an email. Not good, okay? So uh, again, I've never heard of Zimbra, but if it's in your environment, A, you probably already know about this. If you're just hearing about this right now, you should pause the show and get this sorted out. Last week in ransomware. The most interesting news last week involved the aforementioned Dutch police deadbolt ransomware story. Other interesting ransomware research includes fake adult sites pushing data wipers, TTPs on Black Basta, information on a new prestige ransomware targeting Ukraine and Poland, also mentioned in this newscast, and Magnabur ransomware being installed via JavaScript files. Some attacks that were made public last week include healthcare organization Common Spirit, who admitted a ransomware attack, while Taiwanese chipmaker ADATA, Adata, denies they suffered a recent attack by Ransom House and said that the data is being recirculated from a 2021 breach by Ragnar Locker. This week's super... Wow, okay. So, I mean, a bit of a roundup... Um... A bit of a roundup here on the ransomware stuff, but guys, for the most part, uh, many of the stories they talked about, we already covered in this actual episode, this this briefing. Uh, there was a couple last week, um, that common common spirit um, healthcare system, they suffered one. Some people thought that Epic had gone down. You know, whatever, guys. Like, basically, there's just a burning tire pile of ransomware news stories over there. So it's not going out anytime soon. So if you happen to need some information about ransomware, whether it's for a budget request, whether it's for threat modeling, just go over to the tire pile, tire fire pile, and scoop up some and put it in your wheelbarrow and walk it back. There's no shortage of this crap, okay? Every industry, every you know, in, um, organization size, APTs to script kitties, they're all here. So. I'm not going to really cover any of this since we already talked about it today. All right. So we are at 839, kind of running lean today, which I love. We already got the music playing. I'm going to sip, have some coffee. If you were here just for the news, thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time as I teach in the morning. Uh, but uh, genuinely appreciate it. What else we got going on here uh, for Monday? Um, hmm. Nothing else. Nothing else as of right now. If you guys want, like I said, the newsletter, you'll have to wait a whole week before the newsletter comes back around. But you can get that newsletter at simplycyber.io slash newsletter. Okay? Thank you so much for being here. I am going to hang out and chat for a few minutes and just catch up with everybody since I was out Wednesday through Friday last week. And, uh, yeah, just hang and bang. What's up, Paula? Good to see you. Thanks for the kind words. Hey, Jeremy Williams. Get in front of a recruiter? Absolutely. Hey, David Meese. Good to see you. Good day to you, too. Hey, Fabio. Thanks for the news. My pleasure, guys. Absolutely love it. Hey, Jess Bishop. Oh, yeah. There's no shortage. I've got I've got all sorts of good music up in here. Offspring, Black Sheep, The Roots, 
Cake. Got Cake in here, Radiohead, Boston's, Flaming Lips, Blink-182, Daft Punk, some Fatboy Slim, some Tupac, although I can't really play Tupac. I can't hit the I can't hit that fast enough. <laughs> hey, Gaming Cat. Hey, Jay Smith. Good to see you, Jess Bishop. Hey, Burble Morris. Yeah, I saw your message about the Chamber of Commerce. So, Burble, I didn't have time to respond. I got a lot going on. Basically, guys, if there is a website down, you can't assume Nation State Threat Actor, right? It could be a million different things, right? It could be a misconfiguration. They could have not paid their bills. Um, it could be uh, they did a, a, a migration over the weekend. They could have done a, a update, in, like an in-place update, and it failed, right? It could be a denial of service attack. You know, without more information, it's very difficult to help uh, solve for that. What else are we going to do? There we go. We'll do this one. No, 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 I can't do that. Are you kidding me? Hold on. I can't do that. Let me see. Let me see. There we go. Still recuperating from the trip. Yeah, absolutely. Kimberly. Hey, Michael Vito. Adam Lieb. Good to see you. Hey, Adam Lee passed his ISC squared, sir, last week. Here we go. Wait, congratulations, Adam. Nailed it. Jack Rodriguez, yep. Coast Contra, look him up if you haven't. All right, I'll give that a shot. Hey, Mark Schrader, failed to renew, sir. Yeah, actually, guys, I'll tell you what. Um, I made my uh, a decision, you know, for what it's worth. I let my CISA, my CISA, and my CISP all expire. Um, I've always renewed them always renewed them. I've, I've had CISP since 2009. And I just made the decision now that where I am in my career and, and how I get work and stuff like that, um, you know, we'll always have 2009 to 2022 uh, certs. <laughs> hey, Ryan Spishok. Good to see you, Rob Dalton, my man. Pamela. I hope you're well, Pamela. Nathan Bolin. Blue Team Level 2. Yeah, the Blue Team stuff, Blue Team Labs Online, they're very good. Mm. Hey, uh, Jeremy Williams, Chapter 31 Money. I have a, ch um, I have some videos on the channel. I actually have a whole playlist from military to cyber, including an interview with Logan Fluke, I believe his name was, uh, who actually like mapped out and did like a really, really interesting way of maximizing his um, post-GI Bill, uh, if that's the same thing, to get like a SANS Bachelor, a SANS Master, and like a whole bunch of certs and stuff like that, all for not just free, but he actually got paid to do it. It's kind of crazy. Go check it out on the channel. Yeah, definitely do that. Thank you. Uh, Adrian Lovita just passed CYSA. Guys, look at this. Simply Cyber Community just putting the pins up and knocking them down. Congratulations, you guys. You guys are all killing it. Yeah, exactly, BSEC. That's, that's exactly right. I, I get all the CPEs. I just don't. Uh, <laughs> I just don't want to pay the, the extortion fees to maintain them. Good, good internal strange. I hope you enjoyed the conference. All right, Justin Ells, you take care, man. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Everyone is crushing it. Everyone is crushing it. Nice, Nathan Bolin. Marines, my man. Snake. Snake! Dude, I love, uh, uh, yeah. You know, guys, I played chess at Wild West Hackenfest. I made some really good connections, some good friends, meaningful conversations. It just felt great. It just felt great. It was such a great conference. 
such a great conference. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I should I should play that one a little less uh, frequently. First cert ever was Friday. Excited to get more Jordan Stroud with the cert. Nailing it. All right, guys, we're at 844, so we're going to be wrapping up here in just a minute. Thanks, Joshua B. Joel Belton. Spent a lot of time with Joel Belton. Uh, good times. Uh, Joel Belton helped me stream. If you guys didn't see, I live streamed uh, pirate style. My talk at Wild West Hackenfest, a day in the life of GRC. Um, and Joel Belton helped me with that. Definitely appreciate that. Um, Jack Rodriguez, I love it. Thanks, InfoSec Kid. Yeah, I've actually deliberately selected all of the shirts I'll be wearing this week on stream. I think we're going to have a guest presenter on Friday. Um, I'm actually going to the mountains on Thursday. After, right after the stream ends on Thursday, I'm getting in my car and going to the mountains and going off the grid uh, for reasons. Uh, Carrie, I didn't see your joke. So, All right, guys, it's 845. Yeah, Joel Belton provided ice cream. Actually, Joel Belton and I discussed a really cool idea Joel had uh, for this upcoming holiday season. So stay tuned for that. We've got to look into some logistics and stuff, but some, some fun ideas for the community. Definitely appreciate it. All right. This is so perfect. As Weezer begins to phase out, I'm going to phase out. Guys, have an awesome, awesome Monday. Have a wonderful week. Be good. Get out there and crush it. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>